Good morning, Queens Church family. I just realized this is all my mask on, but I can take my mask off like that. Can you hear me better now? Uh, we're here live at the Queens Church Ministry Center. Excited to have you all at Church on Home. Do me a quick favor. All right, this service, the word that God has for you today, he has for other people in your life. So right now, if you're on YouTube, copy and paste that link and share it on your social media. If you're on Facebook Live already, it's even easier. Just click the share button, start a watch party, uh, whatever you're comfortable with, and invite your friends to join you for Church at Home today. Our worship team is about to uh, lead us to the throne in worship, and Pastor Danny has the fourth installment of our Goals series coming up. I know that you are excited to hear from him as we transition from our relationship with God to our relationship with others. I know it's like rainy and overcast outside today, so grab yourself a cup of coffee, have a seat on your couch, cuddle up in your bed, um, sit on the floor, wherever it is that you worship best. Hannah Jane uh, just reminded us in the pre-service prayer that church at home is tough. So if you're feeling like it's tough to get ready for church at home today, just know that we understand, but we're glad that you're here, and church at home won't be forever. All right, so uh, let's worship together. I'm going to open us in prayer, and then Johnny and Austin and Hannah Jane will lead us in worship. Sing out loud at your house, and then make sure your neighbors know that you're weird. Um, I had some good conversations on my neighbors this week after we had church at home. One of them said, that was really cool what you guys were doing in the backyard. You, guys, you did, like, baptisms and everything. So um, make sure your neighbors are asking you questions because you're singing so loud this week. Let's pray, and then we'll worship. Heavenly Father, um, we are happy, God, to welcome you in worship into our hearts today. Father, we are um, humble in our approach to your throne, but we're confident because of Jesus that when you begin a work in us, you will bring it to completion. So Lord, as we come into your throne room right now in worship, I pray that you would um, complete our worship by transforming our hearts, that we would leave changed, that we would walk out of this church at home service with a new understanding of your word, of your love, that we would be challenged in the ways that we are falling away from you in sin, and that we would repent from that sin and turn toward you. We are thankful for you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you have made. And we ask right now that you would fill us with your spirit, inhabit our praise so that it's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What's going on, Queen's Church? It's good to be with you all here this morning. I hope that you uh, enjoyed that time of worship. If you did, put some clapping hands or some praise hands in the chat. Uh, it was such a beautiful time uh, to be able to worship this morning. Uh, and I'm excited to be able to bring the word uh, today. We are continuing on this series that we started a couple of weeks ago called Goals, right? Uh, and the whole idea of this series is about developing and forming our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And so kind of think about it this way. Uh, in the beginning, right, if you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, we read this phrase, in the beginning, God, right? Uh, and God creates everything. And whenever he creates things, one, it's so amazing that we serve a God who simply speaks things into existence. But whenever he creates stuff, he says that it was good, right? The seas were good. The vegetation was good. The animals were good, right? And so all these things that God was creating before sin into the world was all stated as good, except for one thing, right? We get to the point of the creation story where something was not good. Uh, if you look at Genesis chapter 2, it says that man was not meant to be alone, right? And so God is telling us and teaching us through the Genesis narrative that it is not good that we are alone, right? That we are created 
created for relationships. And that's what this entire series is all about, about the importance of our relationship with God and the importance of our relationship with each other. We're not meant to be alone. Uh, and so that's where we're challenging each other throughout this whole series. And I love this idea of goals, right? Uh, I'm a type A kind of personality. So so one thing I do, like whenever uh, before COVID, where we, where we had the ability to go work out at a gym, right? And hopefully one day we can do that again. Amen. Uh, but before I went to work out in the gym, I always laid out a workout plan, right? So if I'm going to do like, I'm going to work out uh, shoulders today, uh, I'm laying out a plan of what specific exercises I'm going to do. I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do this many sets with this many reps or work out for this long. I'm going to run for 20 minutes before I work out, do all that stuff. I'm a type A personality where I lay out a specific plan, specific goals of what I'm going to do. And normally what happens is I go into the gym with the plan and I leave the gym completing about 50% of that plan, right? Uh, because when I was setting out the plan, my body wasn't tired. And then midway through the workout, my body got too tired and I just quit, right? Uh, I know I'm not the only one in that. So praise God for that, right? Uh, we're not created to be alone. And I know you're with me on that one. Uh, and so, but I love doing that. I love setting out this plan, laying out these goals that we get to go after when it comes to our relationship with God. And so for me, I'm the type of person that when I wake up on Monday morning, I'm looking at my entire week, the calendar and laying out specific goals. Like, when am I going to do this thing? When am I going to work in this way? Uh, and I love laying out that plan. And I feel like for this goal series, it's allowed us to do that, that we get to set goals within our relationship with God. So maybe for you, it's like I'm reading the Bible for this long every single day, or I'm, I'm studying specifically this book of the Bible. Uh, for me, what, one of my goals uh, is to write down scripture. Uh, one thing I, I've loved to do, and I've challenged myself with this several years ago, I have a crazy goal of writing down every single word of the Bible. So what I do is I grab a journal, I grab a Bible, uh, and, and I just start reading it and writing it word for word. Uh, and I have a goal to write down the whole thing. And I feel like for me, when I write down scripture, it just slows me down in my reading of scripture. Uh, and so my hope for you, as you have laid out some goals for your relationship with God, is that you do this beyond this mini series that we're doing on a Sunday morning, that you take these goals that you're setting for yourself within your relationship with God and turn it into a lifestyle that you have with God. Uh, because after this series is over in a couple of weeks, it doesn't mean that you stop pursuing God, right? Now we pursue God as our lifestyle because the reality is this that when we come to faith in Jesus, our eternity is forever changed, right? But we get to enjoy a relationship with Jesus both here and now and for all of eternity. So we use these goals to be able to enjoy uh, those moments with God, and we get to pursue that lifestyle. And so here's the thing. We pursue God through prayer, through his word, right, through worship. Uh, whenever we pursue God, a couple of things we're going to realize and understand is in our pursuit of God, it's going to strongly affect the way we relate to other people, right? The way we relate to the people within this church, the way we relate to the people in our neighborhood, the way we relate to the family that we have, right? So whenever we pursue God, it's going to strongly and purposefully affect our relationship with other people. So what we're doing today is we're making the adjustment of now talking about our relationship with others and how, uh, how that's going to look, right? Because here's the thing. When we pursue God, there's going to be a difference in your life, right? It's going to make you different. It's going to make you look more like Jesus. And so look at someone next to you or maybe type this, type this in the caption in the comments. Say you're different, right? That you're a different person because of who you are in your pursuit of God. Uh, if you go and talk to some of my high school friends and, they, and you, you compare my life from then to now, man, they will tell you wildly amazing stories about how I'm now different from my relationship uh, with them then versus now. Uh, I don't want you to go talk to them because it's a bunch of embarrassing stories. So don't do that, right? 
But if you compare yourself to what you used to be before relationship with God to where you are now, you're going to see a gigantic difference because in our pursuit of God, it changes the way we relate to other people. In our pursuit of God, we begin to see people from a godly perspective versus a sinful perspective. That's something we're going to learn about today. Uh, But if we can be real for a second, man, we live in an extremely broken world. So when we're talking about this idea of relating to people, we have to understand that in our pursuit of people, in the, in the way we love people, it's going to look a little broken. It's going to look extremely messy, right? And so we have to get with this is, is we live in a broken world. It takes two seconds when you spend time on social media to see that, right, that the world around us is broken. And so the way that sin has affected our world, it's also affected our relationships. Sin scars our relationships. So now whenever we relate to each other, what happens is brokenness enters into a relationship. Hate enters into a relationship. Anger enters into a relationship. Jealousy enters into a relationship, right? And so often when those scars enter into a relationship, it's difficult to recover from those relationships right? Because we're battling anger, we're battling brokenness, we're battling sin. And I'm not talking about the relationship with the person that it's easy to relate to. I'm talking about the person that's difficult to relate to, right? Because what we're going to talk about today is as we pursue God, it's going to change the way we we relate to the people around us. And the topic that I want to talk about today first in this kind of adjustment of our goal series is the topic of forgiveness, which is a very difficult topic to go after. And so the question I have is this, As Christians, as believers of Jesus, how do we reflect forgiveness in our earthly relationships, right? And and the way that we relate to people around us and the way that people have have maybe wronged or hurt us, how do we reflect Jesus in that? So we're going to talk about forgiveness. Uh, Here's what I want you to do. Grab your Bible, open up to the book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. As soon as you get there, uh, type it in in the, in the comment in the chat. Say, I have it. That way we know that you're all there and that you're ready to go. If you don't have a Bible with you, it's all good. You can get one on your phone or it'll be on the screen. Uh, so go into Matthew chapter 18 and we're going to read about a powerful story uh, that Jesus gives us. We'll read it, then we'll pray, and then we'll talk about it, uh, and then we'll be done with church at home today. So Matthew 18, verse 21, says this. Then Peter came up to him, to Jesus, and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and a payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, saying, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found out one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. And he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw that he had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servants, I forgave you of all the debt because you pleaded with me and you should not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray really quick. Father God, we love you. 
Man, we thank you for uh, being able to have church at home. Uh, got to have the amazing technology to be able to, uh, got to be able to sit in our homes, to be able to still practice social distance during this time, but also be able to pursue you uh, as a community together, God. Even though it's in a digital form, uh, we get to do this together. So, God, I pray that today, God, you would speak to our hearts in ways that you've never spoken to us before. You would challenge us in ways that we've never been challenged before, God. And as we talk about and pursue this difficult topic of forgiveness, God, I just pray that you would do things that only you can do. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So going back to the beginning of this passage in, t- in uh, verse 21, one of the things that caught my attention with this passage is recognizing the fact that when it comes to followers of Jesus, like physical followers of Jesus back in the day, is that whenever they came to Jesus and they always had questions of how to practically live out their faith and people constantly sought Jesus for answers. So if they wanted to know how to do something, they would go to Jesus uh, for answers. They would go to Jesus and ask him those questions, right? And so I kind of feel like that we live in a culture that it's really easy to say, I'm a Christian, right? That, that maybe you go to someone and you know that they go to church or they've been to church before and maybe, uh, you know, you ask them like, hey, what do you believe in? And it's really easy for this culture to say, I'm a Christian, yet we don't go to the source for answers on life's issues, Right? And I love that the disciples and, and the crowds, they would constantly go to Jesus and ask him, how do we practically live out our faith on this specific life issue, right? Because the reason is, is extremely important that whenever life throws something at us and we don't respond from a biblical perspective, what happens is then we respond in an unbiblical way. And if we confess Jesus, we say, I am a Christian, but yet we don't respond in the way that Jesus would respond, then we misrepresent Jesus to the world around us. And as images of God, we're called to reflect Jesus, right? And the way we do that is we go to the source for life's issues, for life's questions, right? And the source for us is God's word. We go to God in prayer. We go to God in his word. And we go to him to be able to, to get these answers and how to deal with these life's issues. And so when it came to the topic of forgiveness, they went to Jesus, right? And they asked him this difficult question. And so when it comes to all this idea of forgiveness, when it comes to living out our faith and reflecting Jesus, setting goals in relationships, man, this one's a difficult topic to go after. Uh, This is one, as I was sermon prepping, as I was studying, it's really hard to talk about the theme and topic of forgiveness, especially considering the climate of our culture right now, right? Very, very difficult, right? And, And I know for you, maybe you're already thinking about people in your mind, and those names and, and those thoughts and those feelings are coming to mind right now. Uh, but, but let's do some work in our hearts before going to that uh, arena, right? Because forgiveness is only applicable whenever somebody has personally wronged you. And that's why this is so hard to talk about, right? There's no forgiveness needed when someone hasn't like physically or, or, or emotionally done something towards you, right? And that's why this topic of forgiveness is so difficult. And and so look at the question that Peter asked in verse 21. How often do I have to forgive when someone has sinned against me, right? It's this personal attack towards you. And that's the only time forgiveness applies, when someone has personally wronged you. And that's a tough question, right? And maybe you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I ain't even trying to talk to that person, let alone forgive that person, right? And so I love Peter Peter gets such a bad rep a lot of times because, you know, he denied Christ three times, which, you know, people are like, I, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been right there. Yeah, probably not, right? Um, and he gets a bad rep because, you know, whenever he started walking on the water, he started sinking, and people were like, Peter lost faith, right? It's like, man, all the other disciples were in the boat scared, right? Peter was the only one on the water, right? But I love Peter so much because I feel like he's also the kind of like that type A personality. He wants to know the schedule. He wants to know everything happening. And so when I think about Peter, he's thinking, how many times do I have to forgive someone when they sin against me? Like, give me the specific answer so I know what to do, Jesus, right? 
And so I feel like I relate to Peter in that sort of way. Let's, let's lay out a plan. Tell me what to do, and I'll do that. This dude sinned against me. How many times do I have to forgive him before I've already done my part in this whole relationship thing, right? And I love what Peter said. His response was, how about seven times, right? And as I did some studying and digging into this passage, what I found out is that in this culture, whenever you forgave someone three times, that was a sufficient amount to be done with that situation, right? So somebody wronged you, you forgive them, right? They wrong you again, and you forgive them. They wrong you again, you forgive them, right? Strike three, then, then, then they're out, right? Baseball, right? So the fourth time, you're done with them. And so when I think about Peter's response and talking to Jesus, he says, well, what if I forgive them seven times? Love that response, because now Peter is thinking, I'm, a, I'm going above and beyond what culture's telling me to do, right? And then you think about Jesus' response in that moment, he's like, nah, 77 times, right? And I think about the crowd in that moment that they're listening to this interaction, they're listening to this conversation, and one, I think they probably would have freaked out by the, word, by the number seven that Peter gave, thinking like, bro, like, all you need to do is three, what are you doing there, right? But then Jesus says, no, 77 times. Here's what we have to understand is that when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to us as believers of Jesus reflecting Jesus to the world around us, I believe that Jesus is not saying that we forgive someone 77 times on number 78. Rather than forgive them, we forget about them. Because Jesus teaches us, we pray for our enemies. We pray for those that persecute us. We pray for those that have wronged us, right? Because of who we are in Christ and because of the fact that in this world, we get to reflect Jesus. Uh, as I was like just preparing a while ago during worship, uh, I was reminded of the story of the first martyr in the book of Acts, the guy named Stephen, right? Stephen was the first martyr, meaning that, in, that by his faith in Jesus, he was stoned to death because of his faith in Jesus. And then in that moment... As like moments before death, he says, Father, forgive them, right? Forgive the sin that they are doing against me, right? It's, it's such a wild prayer to pray in that moment. But think about this. We're called to reflect Jesus. Stephen knew that he was called to reflect Jesus. Who was listening in that moment? Who was watching over this entire situation in that moment as he's being stoned to death? You know who it was? A guy named Saul. And we, we know about Saul's story, right? He becomes, he's the Apostle Paul who writes, you know, 13 letters of the New Testament, one of the greatest church planters of all time, right? He was listening in that moment, right? So whenever we get to reflect Jesus, whenever we offer forgiveness to someone who has wronged us, we have no idea the power of what can become of that. And so here's my first point when it comes to forgiveness is this. In forgiveness, and, and this is like so countercultural, in forgiveness, the wronged pursues the wrongdoer, Right? The wrong pursues the wrongdoer. Whenever we are wronged, whenever something is maybe physically or emotionally or spiritually harming towards us, we are then wronged in that situation, right? We have the right to then say, you know what, like, get out of my life forever. But we pursue the wrongdoer as believers of Jesus. And to help us further understand what Jesus was, was trying to talk about when he said 77 times, he then gives us a parable, right? Jesus so often taught in stories, and he was like the greatest storyteller of all time to help us illustrate what, what, what he means by all this. He gives us a parable teaching us of what the kingdom of God looks like, and he's teaching us how to live out the kingdom of God uh, here and now. So he then begins a story, right? So let's kind of break down the story really fast. We have the story of this king and this servant, and, and the servant owed this king uh, uh, just a, an unpayable amount of money, an unpayable type of debt, and the debt uh, that he owed was 10,000 talents. And so maybe for you, that means nothing to you because you don't even know what a talent is, right? When I read that, it meant nothing to me because we don't speak in talents anymore, right? We speak in dollar bills, right? Um, and so scholars believed that one talent was equivalent 
to working up to a payment of $600,000, right? So one talent, $600,000. I'll let you do the math, right? But 10,000 talents is what this person owed. And so that's a modern day equivalent to someone having a debt of $6 billion, right? That's a lot of money, right? Imagine the weight of the feeling of, of, of you owing that much money towards someone, right? Walking around every day feeling maybe guilty, feeling shame, having this insurmountable amount of debt that you have to pay. And so this, this is uh, just an unpayable thing that this guy was having to, to give to the king. Um, and so get this. He pleads with the king, and the response of the king was to extend forgiveness. Not extend forgiveness in the, in the moment that he has to pay. He's not saying, all right, I've given you five years, but now you have five more years to make up your debt, right? He's not extending forgiveness forgiveness in that way. He's extending forgiveness in the, in the, in the way of saying, uh, you are completely forgiven of the money that you owe. You are completely forgiven of this debt, right? There was, this wasn't pushing back the payment date. He was extending complete forgiveness of not having to pay. So imagine that weight coming off of your shoulders of the feeling of someone forgiving you of all the debt you owe. Right now I have student loans, right? Student loans are like the enemy, right? And I wish that I would just get a call from whoever I'm paying now at this point, just saying, hey, bro, you know what? I've been thinking about it. You're a good guy. You're all your student loans are forgiven. That'd be like the greatest phone call of all time. But the reality is it would probably be an unknown number, and I would not answer it because that's sketchy, right? Um, and so this servant, he, he gets this response from the king of the king extending forgiveness. But yet this servant also had servants under him. And as you read the rest of the story, somebody owed this guy money as well. And unable to pay. And rather than reflecting the response of the king, he chooses to force the servant to be punished because that guy was not able to pay him. Right? So this guy experienced forgiveness but chose not to extend forgiveness. And as I read that story, man, that's something that just hit my mind that was really difficult to to grasp. That it's possible to experience forgiveness but yet choose not to extend forgiveness. And that's what happened with the servant. So how do we extend forgiveness even when it's difficult because we are the ones who have been wronged? How do we then choose to extend forgiveness? Because the king was, was the one that was wronged because somebody owed him some money and was unwilling to pay, right? And so here's the second point I want to say for today. The first one was the wronged pursues the wrongdoer. Second one is this. Extending forgiveness happens by reminding ourselves of how we have been forgiven. The way that we extend forgiveness is by constantly reminding ourselves how we have been forgiven. Because think about this, right? This servant owed an unpayable debt that he could not pay. There was no way he was going to be able to pay that. Six billion dollars in our modern time, right? And yet the king forgave him of it. Romans 6.23 says this, that the wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. The cost of sin is death, right? The debt of sin is death. But yet it's in Jesus that we have this free gift of God of eternal life. So when we think about our lives and the sin that we have, the debt that is paid, the payment that is owed, that is rightly owed, is death. So because of our sin, we owe an unpayable debt. There is nothing that we can do ourselves to completely wipe out the debt that we owe. But somebody did something for us for that, right? When you think about it, the wages of sin is death. So death is required for the, 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 you know, the payment of sin to be covered. And so Jesus came to this earth to pay the debt that we could not pay by way of going to the cross. The wages of sin is death. Jesus' death on the cross had to happen in order for the payment of sin to be covered. Now, by our faith in him, we are forgiven completely of our sin, of our debt, of our payment, right? Forgiven completely. If that does not excite you, then something's wrong with you right now. So praise hands all over the chat right now, right? Someone tell someone that they are forgiven completely because of their faith in Jesus, right? Forgiven completely. 
When we think about the topic of forgiveness, our first response ought to be reminding ourselves of how Jesus has forgiven us in the ways that we cannot even imagine, right? And so there's two things I want to say about forgiveness as we get ready to kind of close up. I want to show you guys a little video clip that I'll kind of talk about in a second. But two things, two characteristics of forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness takes faith. It requires faith. And number two, forgiveness is messy. Man, it's messy, right? When someone has wronged you, pursuing forgiveness 77 times, not seven times, right? That's a lot of interaction for the wrongdoer, right? That's a lot of interaction when someone who has hurt you, someone who has wronged you, in our minds are probably like, I ain't trying to talk to that person. I already blocked them on social media. I ain't trying to forgive them at all, right? But yet 77 interactions with that person, that's going to be a messy moment, right? And we have to be careful, right? We have to be wise. We're not saying that we put ourselves in unsafe, dangerous situations, right? Because if you're putting yourself in danger, it's not wise. But it's messy, right? Whenever we reflect Jesus in our earthly relationships, it's going to get messy. But you know what? When I read about Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus loved getting in the mess with people, right? Jesus stepped down from heaven onto this earth, and he got messy with people. The fact that Jesus was willing to stoop down and wash the disciples' feet messy. The fact that Jesus was willing to stop and have a conversation with people that no one would even dare to talk to, messy, right? Forgiveness does not happen unless we're willing to get in the mess of people's lives. And life is messy. People do wrong things towards each other so often. And here's the thing. So often people are labeled by what they do. In our culture, we put labels by what people do and labels by what people look like, right? And I want to pause for a second. I'm going to show you this video clip. It's a it's a story that, that came across my social feed one day. Uh, it's just a remarkable story. And so, so uh, we're going to play this clip. It's going to take over the screen. Uh, sit back for a second, watch this, and we'll come back together in a moment. Uh, here we go. Check this. We end this week with a lesson in forgiveness from Steve Hartman on the road. It all went down on this block in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. You saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim, but not many arresting officers agree. So you phonied the report? I did. I falsified the report. This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Yeah, basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail? Correct. Yeah. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports planting drugs, and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. Hey, guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side by side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. And I said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. 
that was pretty much what I needed to hear. Today, they're not only cordial. Saturday, we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive for his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. I'll grab this, we'll set it over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? Steve Hartman, on the road, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And that's the CBS Evening News for tonight. Man, it's a powerful uh, video. It's a powerful moment, right? We talked about the fact that that forgiveness is about getting messy. And I can imagine the moment that both those guys ended up working at the same coffee shop and realizing, like, you know, who each other were. Uh, talking about a messy, you know, shift on the coffee shop, right? Uh, having to run each other, having to be in such close, tight quarters. Uh, conversation had to happen, right? But forgiveness is about getting messy. And, and what happens is people are labeled by what they look like, right? That cop wrong, wrongfully labeled or wrongfully assumed who this guy was just, just to do something, right? And people are labeled by what they do. And I think about this story, the servant labeled by not being able to pay his debt. When I think about stories of scriptures, the woman at the well labeled by her past relationships, Matthew, the tax collector, labeled by the fact that he will steal and rob people for money, the woman caught in adultery labeled by her past decisions. We label people all the time. And here's the thing, we live in a culture where we're so quick to cancel people by their past rather than forgive people by what they can become. And that's, that's hard, right? That right now on social media, everybody's wanting to cancel everybody of everything, right? And that's, uh, that, that's going to get too messy, so I won't continue on that. Uh, but what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't leave people at their labels, right? Jesus, the way he loves people in such a powerful way is that he doesn't see people for what they are. He doesn't see people for what they've done. He sees people for what they can become one day, right? And that's what he does. They deserve it from a cultural perspective, not at all. But the beauty of Jesus, he doesn't see people for the way they are. He sees people for what they can become. And as believers of Jesus, we get to be the ones to reflect that image of Jesus to the world around us. We get to be the ones to uh, be able to express forgiveness to people that maybe don't deserve forgiveness from our cultural eyes. But from the eyes of Jesus, they do deserve forgiveness. Because of our relationship with Jesus, we get to see people differently. Not for who they are, but what they can become. And here's what I'm not saying, because I know that so many people, maybe you're watching this right now, and you've been wronged by somebody, right? You've been hurt by somebody. I'm not saying that forgiveness means whatever happened to you didn't happen. I'm not saying that forgiveness means whatever happened to you doesn't still hurt to this day, right? But whenever we encounter true forgiveness through Jesus, we can then display true forgiveness towards others despite what their label is, despite what they've done. And so many people in our culture, they may not look to Jesus for answers the way Peter looked to Jesus for answers, right? They may not look to Jesus, but they do look to you, right? They see who you are. They see how you profess Jesus. They see how you live your life. They see what you post on social media, right? And whenever they look at you, we get the opportunity to help them look to Jesus. And so I often have to ask myself and stop myself and say, how can I best display Jesus to this person right now who's looking at me? Because they may not know Jesus. 
And so think about this. What's your next step? Our worship band's about to come up right now. So you're going to see them popping on the screen, and we're going to worship today. Uh, so get ready to just uh, put yourself in a position and a posture of worship as we get ready uh, to worship uh, God uh, this morning. But what's your next step? Maybe for you, you have wronged somebody. Maybe you unknowingly wronged somebody. Maybe someone has wronged you. Maybe they unknowingly wronged you by them saying something that, you know, you did not, like they didn't think it was offensive to you, but, you know, maybe it was. What's a step towards forgiveness that you can take towards that person? And so maybe a, a simple goal for you is this week, every single day, wake up and the first thing you do is remind yourself of the forgiveness that you have been given because of Jesus, because of your faith in Jesus, right? And thank God for that forgiveness because then whenever we put ourselves in that posture, we're going to be able to see other people from a different perspective, see people that we don't know, see people that we do know, see people that have been labeled, see people who just maybe have, have a, had assumptions about them, see people who have wronged us in a different way. And man, we have no idea how powerful that can be, but that doesn't happen by first experiencing true forgiveness yourself, right? The only way we can truthfully and just amazingly express forgiveness towards other people is by encountering the true forgiveness of Jesus Christ ourselves. It's so made for you. You have yet to pray that prayer. You have yet to, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Understand this, that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Right? It's by our accepting of Jesus that we get to have this true forgiveness. And it's until we accept Jesus truthfully that we'll be able to extend forgiveness towards other people. And so maybe for you, you've never, you've never accepted Jesus. What I'm going to do is I want to pray for you really quick. And if you're, if you're watching this, you're sitting at home, you're watching on your phone, wherever you are, if you have never accepted Jesus, I just want you to just pray this prayer with me, right? If you're, if you're now understanding that you have this unpayable type of debt that you cannot pay because of your sin, but now you understand that Jesus paid that debt for you, I just want to pray this prayer over you. And I want you to repeat this prayer to yourself. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. And I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. And I believe that by my faith in you, I will become a new creation and receive eternal life. And I believe in the forgiveness that you offer. Thank you for the forgiveness that you offer that completely wipes out the debt that I owe. And I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior forever. And so if that's you, maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time. What we want to do is we want to celebrate with you. We believe that whenever somebody accept, accepts Jesus, it's a moment of celebration, that you are now part of the family of God, right? That your life has forever changed, that your old is gone, the new has come, that you now get to walk in newness of life, right? That when people look at you, they're going to see something different about you because of a new relationship with God. And we want to celebrate that with you. We're called to not be alone. We said that at the very beginning of this message. And so don't pursue Jesus by yourself. We want to pursue Jesus together. So if that's you and you prayed that prayer for the first time, just comment on the chat, do something brave, and say, I prayed that prayer for the first time today. That I am now accepting Jesus for the first time today. And, and maybe if you're, if you're sitting there and you're watching this and you have already believed in Jesus, you already prayed that prayer, you've already been walking with Jesus, remind yourself today of the forgiveness that you've been offered in Jesus Christ, of the debt that he has paid for you. Amen. Let's be people that reflect the response of our king. The servant failed to reflect the response of the king that forgave him of his debt. Let's be servants of Jesus that reflect the response of the king of kings and the Lord of lords and forgive people that have wronged us. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Thank you so much for who you are. God, that you move in ways that only you can move. 
So God, I pray right now, uh, God, as we maybe are thinking about people that have uh, wronged us, I pray that we would just be willing to pause and enter into a posture of prayer, God, before choosing to react in a way that Jesus wouldn't react. God, I pray that we would love the way Jesus loved. I pray that we would respond the way Jesus would respond. God, I pray that even if we've already forgiven 77 times, we'd be willing to go to number 78 and 79 and 80, God, that we would be willing to extend forgiveness in ways that only you can help us do. And God, I pray that we would be a church that reflects the response of our King of Kings. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Amen. Amen. Church, what an amazing and powerful word from God today through Pastor Danny. I know you want to shoot him a text and let him know how much God spoke to you through that. Also, don't forget, this series is not called Listen to the Word. This series is called Goals. So upon hearing the word of God and listening to it, I was on the chat. I saw how many of us, including me, were challenged by what God was saying um, through his Holy Spirit as Danny spoke. So I know many of you are challenged right now to forgive someone specific or to receive forgiveness that you've been pushing away that someone's been trying to give to you. So I want for each of us to set a goal right now. Do not get off this stream. I'm gonna talk for a couple more minutes. Go ahead and write down that person's name. The person who you need to forgive. Maybe they're long gone out of your life or maybe you live with them. Whoever it is, write their name down and make it a goal this week to fix that relationship through forgiveness. Remember the words of this song we just sang you are not who you say about yourself because we all know you can attack yourself really well i'm good at attacking me because i know my weaknesses but you are who god says that you are right and what we just heard about forgiveness is who you are in christ jesus so let's set a goal together and let's do that just as we've been setting goals in our walk with god now we're setting goals in our relationships with others um, as you write that down, I want to encourage you also to get out your phone. We'll enter into a time of worship through giving. Remember that the ministry of the local church right here in Queens does not happen without your and my giving to the church. So um, head on over to qns.church give, or if you'd like to give through text, you can do that. It's very easy. It goes like this. Get a text message. In the contacts, type in 84321. And then open up a text message and just text the amount that you want to give. So if you want to give 10 bucks, text 10. If you want to give, um, how much was that, Danny? 10,000 talents time. So it was $6 billion. If you want to give $6 billion, type in six with nine, 10 zeros. I don't know. How many zeros in billion? Some, a lot. Just keep adding zeros. Um, and you'll get a text message back and you can choose Queen's Church. So there's two different ways you can give now, um, online or through texting. Um, and just know this, church, that when you give, I mean, what a perfect sermon to, to know this truth. When you give, that's not what gets you forgiveness, right? We want to make that clear at Queen's Church. We don't give in order to get things from God because he gives those things to us freely. We give for two reasons. I'm sorry, we give to the church and we do it for the city. God has placed us in this city and this church is one of the ways that God is using um, to call people like you and me to Jesus, and our giving helps enable that. So I'm going to pray, ask God to bless our tithes and offerings, um, and then I've got a couple announcements for you, and we'll go. 
Heavenly Father, as we give of something close to us, our money, Lord, I pray that you would bless the tithes and offerings, that you would use these tithes and offerings to bless the community around us and the city around us. And Father, even as some of these uh, monies that are given to Queen's Church go to ministries that are happening all over the world, I pray that you would use those for your glory and for your renown and bring your kingdom. God, our prayer is that your kingdom would come here on this earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you for doing that in our hearts first. And now use us to do that in our communities as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church, the only announcements that I have for you are this. Number one, we are in the early talks right now of phasing into meeting in person again. So I know that many of you are contacting us throughout the week saying, when when can we meet in person? Every time I see you on the sidewalk, you're asking me. It is coming, but we have a few things to work out. I can tell you this, if you're wondering, it will not be at Bryant High School in the beginning. We have to wait until the school is open. So we're working on alternative plans. We hope to have some news for you about that soon, but it is coming. So if you are one of the people who is fine with masks and social distancing indoors, then you will be able to come and worship with us soon. Uh, Just keep on our social media channels or on the Remind text, um, and you will know um, what that is. And the other announcement is that this week is the last week of our big group Zoom hang uh, that we're doing with Austin right here, who I'm standing right in front of. Austin West leads the Commons NYC, um, and they've been doing such a great job in leading us through this um, through this series on racial reconciliation. This is the fourth and final week this week, so jump on that Thursday at 6 p.m. Also Thursday, 1 p.m. is Oldies But Goodies here in the center. There's been about four to six people gathering in social distancing. If you come to that, You are required to wear a mask the whole time, um, so please don't forget that. We do have a few masks here at the center, but um, bring your mask with you, and let's social distance in here and have a Bible study together with Miss Jean. Church, we love you. Everybody say goodbye to everyone on the chat, because it's not like back in the recorded sessions. It's not just going to, it's going to go off. So if you need to say bye to someone, say right now. Don't forget to write down your name to forgive. And hey, if that person's been on the chat today that you need to forgive, just call them right now. Just jump off call them, and talk with them about forgiveness. We love you, church. We will see you next week, if not before. Have a great week.